I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Wiki Shuffle. My name is Jack. I am joined as always by my pals Chris. Hello. And Phil. Hello. We always do it that way around. Maybe we should mix it up a little bit. No, no, no. They confuse people. You confused me already. <laughs> it's a bit like Ant and Deck when one yeah. stands on the left and the other stands on the yeah. right. And it's where times. we sit yeah. as well. No, you can't do that. It's It'll... where we sit. No yeah. one has any concept of that listening. They have it in their mind. What if they, their concept of where we're sitting is completely wrong? Well, what, well, well we should educate them. Okay. Yeah. We have a circular <laughs> Because we're sitting on the circular table, so it's yeah. quite difficult to. We've got a circular explain. table. Yeah. In our studio. In a completely white room. <laughs> in a completely white room, yeah. And we're wearing dressing gowns. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a pipe. I've got a pipe. Smoking pipe. Phil's got a very posh cocktail. It's got an olive in it. Jack is wearing one of those dressing gowns, you know where it's um like the ladies, so it's really short. <laughs> <laughs> like the ladies. Like, like the, the ladies' rights. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh I might keep these intros short from now on. <laughs> don't want that mental image people will switch off i I think they want this i think this is what the people want they want to understand a visual interpretation of what we're doing well you know what actually um we haven't mentioned this on the show yet but but chris has actually um i I wouldn't even say photoshop i'd just say you've taken some photographs of Mm -hmm. me you and phil in our natural habitats yeah Uh, they're on our website at (laughs) wikishuffle.co.uk um so you can go on there and and have a look at what we look like and what we get up to in our where we we hang out and i like to think that they do represent the things that we do outside this i think they do yeah Yeah. i think you've nailed it yeah yeah it's good you've got right to my core yeah yeah (laughs) i know for a fact those are the things that you do yeah okay well if you're intrigued wikishuffle.co.uk go and have a look and try not to touch yourself okay (laughs) (laughs) let's get on with (laughs) <laughs> let's get on with wiki shuffling we are going to press the random article button on wikipedia and talk about whatever it throws up yet again Shall we have a looky-loo at what was at number one in 1996 in Germany? Well, let's have a look. I don't want to have a looky-loo. I'm having a looky-loo. You do what you want, but I'm having a looky-loo. So we start in January, as is convention, um, with Earth Song by Michael Jackson. Hated that song. Yeah, hated it. Shite. Absolutely dire. Is that the one where he was holding onto the trees? Uh, That's uh, the one, yeah. uh, (laughs) No. Um, One One of his rare missteps. And he was very good at stepping. He's very good around. at stepping. And yeah, he <laughs> yeah, just fucked in, that one right up. In directions that most people don't even step in. Genius. <laughs> that had two weeks um, at number one. Possibly more in the year before. We don't, we don't get to see. But two weeks in 1996. Um, then we had two weeks of number one from Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. Now we're talking. That's a good one. That, <laughs> 
um, Missing by Everything But The Girl. That's a brilliant song. Yeah, that's a great song. The Todd Terry remix. Spaceman by Babylon Zoo. That's not a great song, but (laughs) for novelty value, I'll I'll allow it. That had a week. Um, Lemon Tree by Fool's Garden. Yeah, I do not know what that is. I don't know what that is. Fool's Garden sounds familiar, but... Oh, are they Australian? Why do I think? No, oh, no uh, they're you're thinking of um, Savage, Savage Garden. what I'm thinking it's of. a lot of different gardens. Right, Fool's Garden um, is a German musical group formed in 1991, comprising singer Peter Fraudenthaler, guitarist Volker Hinkel, bassist Thomas Mangold. Nice name. <laughs> <laughs> the name's Mangold, Thomas Mangold. Keyboardist Roland Roll. That is an... That would be a better name for a drummer, I feel. It would, right. definitely. <laughs> and drummer Ralph Washell. Um, it, 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 they did have a track that uh, peaked at 26 in the UK singles chart, so they've made a bit of an impact here. Which is unusual, but, you know, really, the only non-English language music that charts here tends to be novelty stuff like Macarena or well, Last Ketchup they're called Fool's Garden so it probably isn't non-English language probably that's a very good point yeah it's a good way of getting out of having to pay any royalties we can use music by yeah. <laughs> their studio albums are brilliant I mean, I haven't heard them, but they're names. So you've got Fool's Garden okay, good. to begin That's with. Standard. Once in a Blue Moon, sure. Then they go a bit weird in the mid-90s. Their third album was called Dish of the Day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and their fourth was called Go and Ask Peggy for the Principal Thing. That sounds like a spy code. <laughs> yes. What, what would your album be called? It's hard. Mine? Yeah. I, I had a big list of tracks that were going to be my album names... Uh, when I was when I was like fifteen or sixteen, I wrote hundreds of different song titles and never wrote any songs or played an instrument or could sing, uh, but I just collected them just in case. That sounds like such a you thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I found them a few years ago and they are not pretty. <laughs> are they like? I might. I think I might have them somewhere. Are they still. funny or are they like teenage? Uh, kind of angst. a mix. Kind of a mix. Kind of a mix. I, uh, I hope I still have them somewhere because they're. Yeah, they're interesting. Okay. The the podcast listenership does deserve to hear some of that. I'll see if I can find them, but I remember one of them was called Nah, as in like. (laughs) Yeah, again. (laughs) Nah. Just Nah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I definitely did tweet them once upon a time, but I'm not sure I still have the file, so I think I might have deleted it in in shame. (laughs) I did have some lyrics on there as well, like 16 year old lyrics, and they were. Oh boy. Surprised you didn't start a band. That's what they were all doing when you were fifteen. Yeah, well, we did. We did have a band called um, Totally Mongo. Oh yeah, but none of us could play instruments again, so we never really did anything to get that off the ground. Did you have a band? Or is it too embarrassing? Are they still going? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're on our seventh album. Yeah, <laughs> no impact. Uh, <laughs> yes, they're called yeah. Fools Garden. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was in the original lineup of you too. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> shit, mate. <laughs> that's why I got out. Um, we were called. Uh, this feels like my cringe sense is going off. Um, I can't. I'm trying to remember. Actually, I don't even think the, the band name was that bad. 
the band name was Spencer. <laughs> Which I didn't say it was good, but it's not. No, it's not uh, yeah, it's, I'm not cringing. Spencer's up. kind of. It's like um, when you're reading about a band like Radiohead or Blur, and it, the the article mentions you what their it. band name was before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. Or it mentions what their band name was before they settled on Radiohead or Blur. That's yeah. what Spencer sounds like. Yeah, it like. sounds like one of those, doesn't it? And it was from that period. This would have been probably 1996, actually, mm. um, that we put Spencer the together. Spencer. Um, and what did you I, play? I don't play. I I did some songwriting. I wrote some. I I, <laughs> I was only in the band for like the first two or three rehearsals, and I and then they carried on without me. And they they went on. They did some gigs and things, and ah. it wasn't good. But I did write a song called Amputee. Oh God! <laughs> it was it was nice nice. It, it there was very much a oh God! Oh, this is awful. <laughs> Um, uh. It had a kind of jazz fusion funk oh thing God. going on jazz about it, like, funk. like a funk thing, like early Red Hot Chili Peppers is obviously what we <laughs> thought yeah. we wanted to sound like, and I didn't really want to, and that's why I didn't really want anything more to do with the project yeah. after a while. They destroyed um, MPT. Yeah. If you remember what Terrorvision sounded like when they tried yeah. to get funky... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We thought that we could... <laughs> don't block that from my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's what we thought. We ah, oh, dear. Sorry if there's any former members of Spencer listening. I don't think there are. Or any amputees? Any, any Spencers? Or any Spencers? Yeah. Um... Amputee. I'm stumped as to why you'd write a song. Oh there. my god! <sighs> I'm not putting that in the podcast. I'm editing that. <laughs> stumped. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Don't, yeah. don't need to repeat <laughs> yeah. it. Um, Anyway, what were the Germans up to while I was in my friend's garage? <laughs> Wondering what the hell I was doing with my life and discovering alcohol. Um, yeah, what knocked um, Fool's Garden from the top? Well, they had four wonderful weeks at number one with Lemon Tree. Um, and then Robert Miles came along. Oh, yeah. What Robert song? Children. So good. I, I associate Robert Miles' children with um, The X-Files for some reason. I think that they... they crossed over there at the same time and mm. the two have married up in my mind mm. um, that would have been at its peak in 1996 yeah that's, that is a great song or is it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I'll let the list I feel decide. like a lot like because I'm reading all of these and I'm thinking that's great that was a classic song but I look at the number ones now and I think this is an abortion this is terrible uh, it, it's, so is it is it just um nostalgia yeah it's distant oh, from it definitely in. because I'm is not it though because I think surely Gangster's Paradise is a great song in any it era. started to happen no songs. Um, the 10 years I've got on you is showing because I don't remember Gangster's Paradise as being anything other than a load of old really shite. yeah oh, oh, I, yeah I, I really like all these songs but then if you look back to quite recently do you remember Samantha Mumba who could forget Samantha Mumba at the time I, but now I think about it I've had another listen to Samantha Mumba <laughs> <laughs> come back come back Mumba you're the only person who's ever had another listen to Samantha Mumba come back Samantha Mumba. Mumba's parents have forgotten about Samantha Mumba <laughs> she was in a film as well she the Time to... Machine she was yeah. Time Machine oh, yeah. god awful I can imagine it wasn't very good it wasn't as good as some of the hits but... <laughs> she was probably the best thing in it as I remember she's the only thing yeah. I remember from the film thinking oh that's Samantha Mumba Children was knocked off in May by Michael Jackson <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't even trying for that. That was completely by accident. Um, with They Don't Care About Us, three weeks at number one. 
And then, and this is going to really test whether you believe that all of the songs from back then were amazing, mm-hmm. because then the Macarena by Los Del Rio. It's a great song. Got, well, it objectionably isn't. Hey, Macarena. Hey. It's great. <laughs> Three minutes of that is fantastic. You must have done the dance. You, Did you not love that? You know the dance. Can you heart? can you close your eyes and try to imagine me doing that dance? No, I know what Easy. the dance is. Look, it's not that. It's not that I can't do it. <laughs> it's not. Just close your eyes and imagine me doing that dance. Is that working for you? You get it in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you re- have you never done it? I don't think I've ever done the macarena. No. You piece of shit. I'm not a piece of shit. I'm just joyless. That's yeah, but I'm joyless, and even I've done the macarena many times. Yeah, but you were eight. That's the difference. <laughs> I don't think I did you know, it when I was I've eight. Done the, I've done the birdie song because I was eight. You know, I, I think actually, when I was eight, I wouldn't have done it because I, I was like, no, I'm too cool for that. I'm not going to do that. But then when I once I got to, to maybe fifteen, sixteen, I was and like, I'm going to do the macarena in. as yeah, as an ironic thing. I think I probably did it quite a few times then. Probably. And now I'm past that again and I'm back to it's proper cool. loving it. Just being too cool. No, no. Too smooth, Macarena. I'd probably do it like three times a year. <laughs> You're doing it right now. <laughs> it's fun. Um, next up was a genuinely great song. And, you know, I do some songs today. I think, yeah, that's that's a genuinely mm-hmm. good record. Um, Killing Me Softly by the Fugees. That is a brilliant that's song. A, a no, genuinely you don't like that one. record. It's just a total rip-off of Enya. It's a total... What? There's a song by Enya, and it is just Killing Me Softly by the Fugees. And they totally nicked it, and paid her no loyalties whatsoever, and refused to admit that it's a rip-off. Because everybody thought, there's no way the Fugees have listened to Enya and thought, this is banging. Oh, right, honestly. I'm going to... If I can, I'll splice in a little bit of it here um, for the listeners to listen, but I swear to God it is exactly the same. They've completely ripped off. So, so I'm not into it. I'm, I'm against stealing, of all kinds. <laughs> that surprises me. And uh, yeah, the Fugees can fuck off, which they have. So, <laughs> but it, one, two, three, four, five. Me counting doesn't make for good <laughs> podcasting. No, we've learned this before. Haven't we? <laughs> Eight weeks at number one for killing me softly. Wow. Then they had a week off when I can't help myself. By the Kelly family, got to number one. Don't know that. Don't know. They are an Irish-American-European music group uh, consisting of a multi-generational family who play a repertoire of rock, pop, and folk music. Um, And they had chart success in Germany, Benelux, Scandinavia, Poland, Spain, and Portugal. And they look like a very lovely family. They they don't look like total freaks, to be honest. (laughs) Sorry to the Kelly family, but good God. Oh, my God. Listed under past God. members. Is that what you've just noticed yeah. as well? There's 15 different members of the Kelly family, all of whom have been members of the Kelly family and all who have the surname Kelly. 
Dan, Barbara Ann, Caroline, Paul, Kathy, Patricia, Jimmy, Johnny, Joey, Dee Dee, Tommy, Barbie, Paddy, Matey, and Angelo. Are you sure they're a band and not a cult? They look a bit cultish, to be honest. It's, yeah. it's not just like the Ramones, where they've just adopted the surname Kelly for... No, they're actually part of the same band. A family. Mm, don't like it. Creepy. Oh, these are weird. They were active from 1970 to 2008. They also did... Ah, here we go, right. It was based on their Catholic faith. I could have guessed that they were Catholics just from that. Um, just from the image that I saw. They also wrote the PP song. The PP song. You had that right. In which the common childhood problem of bedwetting is portrayed by the raucous, flaxen-haired baby of the family, Angelo Kelly. Oh, I'm sure Angelo loved that in his adult life. Uh, flax, what's flaxen-haired? I know what hair is. I don't know what flaxen is. Uh, isn't it just very sort of yellowy blonde? <laughs> if that's wrong, I don't want to stay in the podcast. <laughs> Because my mum's always criticising me. Well, what, well, how did you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm worried that this podcast makes me look stupid. Not it makes us all look, Yeah, it makes all of us look stupid. I won't worry about it. Flaxen is a pale yellowish grey colour named after flax seeds. Um, the first recorded use of flax as a colour name in English was in 1915. Well, this is what <laughs> we're for. We inform. <laughs> we can, that's like a, a little... A little wiki nugget you just did there. <laughs> wiki nugget. <laughs> I've made my feelings clear on the use of the word nugget. Sounds like a little bit of poo. <laughs> We've had this exact conversation. <laughs> Except all of our roles have switched round by yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, uh, get them off the top spot. Well, thankfully, the Fugees came to the rescue and they knocked the Kelly family off only for the Kelly family to resurge on the 6th of September and return to the number one spot. Mm. Also, with I can't help myself, so. And then the English invasion, the Spice Girls arrived hey, in Germany as we come. knew they would and they must on the 13th of September with Wannabe, um, which hit the number one spot for four weeks. They were the heroes um, that we needed. <laughs> Not sure they were the heroes I wanted, but I. They were, Isn't that they what were, they say about they Pat? <laughs> I mean, you can't really fault the Spice Girls, can you? Well, you can. You can on one thing. What? Wannabe. That's uh, that's the only Spice Girls. Oh, yeah, Wannabe's not very good. Yeah. It's like a, oh yeah, say you'll be there. Song. Say you'll be there. Second single. Oh, what song? The one Still from good. the one from Comic Relief. That was good. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, stop right now. Thank you yeah. very much. Um. <laughs> so Comic Relief is a an American thing now. They're doing Red Nose yeah. Day over there. I have been doing for a long time. It's no, not... this is the first one, I think. No, long time. Really? Yeah, they've had Comic Relief over there. Okay. Well, a what are you doing and B how come they get like people on Game of, Game of Thrones who are British mainly to do fun skits for them we but the we don't get anything we get, these, yeah, we get senders or newsreaders or weathermen Dance. what is this bullshit BBC, I want Game yeah. of Thrones it's a bit off topic so I'll let it slide oh no me. that never happens <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm going to do this very quickly we're going to get it out of the way because I feel like as a podcast we're duty bound to do it favourite Spice Girl quick no dallying. Stop. No Spice Girl. Oh, Spice Girl. Uh, Emma Burton. There. Well, stop your your song, or did you just want the conversation to stop? <laughs> no. Um, stop was my favourite one, but Emma Burton, and I'm going to have to go for it. Yeah. Uh, what are we talking about? Are we talking about... Just Emma. Because, right, if we're going for voice or musical ability, it's boy every time. If we're going with who I would like to insert a certain part of my 
body into. Oh, how sexy coming out of your voice. <laughs> don't phrase it that way. Then it would be Emma Bunton. I, no, I don't want to know anymore. You've made me not want to know. Or if we're just talking about girl power in general, I guess it would be scary. I'd see, I'd say scary on all three measures. Actually, yeah, maybe I would as well. Oh, no, not the musical ability, no. Sporty is definitely the best. She's the only one that can sing. Uh, right, we've spent longer on this than I wanted to. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> 11th of October, finally, the Germans actually use their own beautiful language in the medium of song with Zane Kleiner Jägermeister. What does um, that mean? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Sorry, um, what's the band name? The band name is Die Totenhosen, um, and the song is Zane Kleiner Jägermeister, which I'm guessing is um, the drink. Are they referring to the drink? Let's find out. So Die Totenhosen means the dead pants. Or the Dead Trousers. Nice. <laughs> and they're a punk band from Dusseldorf. Ten small Jägermeisters. So it's basically ten shots of Jägermeister is what we're going for okay. here. Um, so it's some kind of drinking anthem. They have been described as... <laughs> some kind of drinking anthem, those, those German youths. Uh, they've been described as Schunkelpunk. Which is a fusion. Uh, we like uh, our fusions. fusions. Uh, a fusion of German Schlager music and punk. Um, I'm not sure if you two are big on your, your Schlager. Um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm a big Eurovision fan, so I'm I'm very familiar with the the amazing Schlager oeuvre. Don't right. Phil, it's a good genre. I'm going to stop you because we are entering dangerous territory. Because that that e word has been mentioned, and if we go any further with this, we will never leave this room. So, stop. <laughs> Just whatever you're going to say that is an answer to that question will lead to more Eurovision. And we're mm. going to have to go through like all the years and you'll want to uh, just quit. Stop right there. Thank you very much. I was just about <laughs> to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. So, right, we're fine. Let's move on. <laughs> what's, what's the natural transition from some schlager punk? What would you imagine? So, the, the German public have got a real taste for punk crossover now. Um, mm. what, what are they going to put at number one next? NSYNC. Oh, so close. Quit playing games with my heart by the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, was close. Um, but yet so far away. Yeah. Um, which managed four weeks at number one. Um, then Versbis Dick by Tic Tac Toe managed one week in December. Um, they're not known for exporting much of their culture, are they, the Germans? Um, oh, I don't know. They're, they're comedy. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Obviously. Something that they've never done. Okay. <laughs> There's that um, German comedian that is funny. We saw it at that festival. Oh, uh, Henning, Henning Vein. Yeah. Yeah, he's all right. He was yeah. doing yoga or something next to us. Oh, he was. Uh, yeah, Latitude Festival. Yeah, I forgot about that. Henning yeah, Vane. he was camped next to us. He was doing, doing yoga. yoga. Yeah. Oh. Well, uh, was was yoga. he doing yoga? He was yoga? just doing like a weird German stretch. <laughs> I, think, I think he was just doing a weird German stretch. Yeah. Oh. Is it goose stepping? <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. That is racism. That's what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> Am I editing that bit out then? No. no. no? Okay, fine. Tic Tac Toe was an all-female German group formed in 1995 in Ruhr. They released their self-titled debut album in 1996. Their second album, Clapper de T, was released the following year to even greater success. After a successful first few years, the group split due to personal difficulties in 2000, having sold over 3 million records. 
Tic-Tac-Toe attempted to return to the spotlight by releasing a hit single, Spiegel, in 2005. After disappointing sales of their 2006 comeback album, Tic-Tac-Toe Project was abandoned. Tic-Tac-Toe sounds like the kind of thing that, to any foreigners that don't speak English, Tic-Tac-Toe probably sounds really cool. Yeah. But to us, it just sounds incredibly lame. Very lame. So Tic-Tac-Toe only managed to be at number one for, for one week with Verpis Dish. Dish. Dick. <laughs> it is Dick, isn't it? It is Dick. And finishing off the year for three weeks at number one was Time to Say Goodbye by Andrea Bocelli and Sarah Brightman. Fetid shite. I don't know that I... So that's what the Germans were up to in 1996. Um, listening to our music. And winning our football tournaments and as well. And winning our football tournaments. Did they win? They won. They they won lot, yeah, they? they did. Didn't yeah. they win a lot of football for a bit? Do they still win football a bit now? They won uh, the they World won the Cup World. last year. <laughs> oh, yeah. right, okay. But actually, I think that that would have been the, the last major tournament they won before last year, uh, Euro 96. Yeah, I lost interest when Colombia were gone. Yeah, yeah. I know. Mm. Interest. I mean, in, in, in the UK, Three Lions was at number one for ages and that didn't get to number one at all in Germany. What it's a surprise. Strange, isn't it? yeah. <laughs> it's almost like they don't even consider us their rivals. <laughs> because they don't. Yeah. Because they don't. It's a film. Mm. Is it a good film? No. <laughs> is it's, it a, it's a recent uh, you film. You know what, instead of asking is it a good film, I could ask is, is it a Jack, Chris, uh, a Jack film or a Chris film? I would say that this is more a Chris film. There you go. Okay. It's a bad film. Um, it's a sequel. Okay. Um, and the film is Dead Snow, Red versus Dead. No, I haven't seen it, but it does sound like something I'd like. Uh, Red Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, is a 2004 Norwegian-Icelandic horror comedy film directed by Tommy Workola. Um, it is a sequel to Workola's 2009 film, Dead Snow. The film was released in the United States on the 10th of October, 2014. Dead Snow. I know the front cover for that. It's one of those ones that's on Netflix. It never gets watched. Mm. Um, about Nazis. Yeah. Zombie Nazis. I've seen Dead Snow. Is it Zombie Nazis? And it is Zombie Nazis. And I quite enjoyed it, actually. Ah. I started watching Red Snow, Red, uh, Dead Snow, Red vs. Dead. Oh, really? Um, a couple of months ago, actually. I came up halfway through. And ah. It's poor. It tries. The first one didn't ladle the comedy on very thick yeah. and was funnier for it and more outlandish, but it tried. the second one tries to be a real balls-out comedy <laughs> and really fails. So the idea is that, that it's a cabin-in-the-woods scenario, but the cabin's in the snow, um, and it happens to be on zombies. the killing fields of some, um, German, some Second World War battle, and the Nazis start coming back to life and attacking the teenagers uh, in their okay. cabin. That's great. It's pr- the first one's pretty good. Um, obviously, no budget attached to it at yeah. all. It's an interesting premise. It's quite little in its focus. And I think it was quite a, a sleeper hit as well because it, it mm. did have that appeal of being simple and easy. And then they got carried away with the sequel. Obviously, they'd got more money to spend on it, wanted to make as, the premise a lot yeah. bigger. Um, and it, As what happens with a lot of these films that are universally panned and then people go, actually, it wasn't that bad. Like I think it wasn't I haven't seen it so but I just heard wasn't there like the Piranha film that came out not long ago actually not Piranha that bad. 3D or like there's the, that's the, the one, one. The, the newer one that came out a couple of years ago had Christopher Lloyd in it 
and that was something that nobody would think that is going to be rubbish and it turned out it wasn't half bad but now they're doing like piranha free double d or whatever <laughs> that was it that's what i was thinking of yeah um i haven't seen them i have seen iron sky which is yeah uh, what is it nazis on the moon nazis space, space which nazis. is a finnish film and that's terrible i gave up on that as well yeah, but awful. that's definitely in not the even same enjoyable canon. in in a Haha, look at this this is campy fun yeah kind of way just shit yeah Continuing where the previous film ended, Martin wakes up in a hospital after crashing his car while trying to escape from Colonel Herzog after finding one of the colonel's coins in his car. He is placed under arrest when the police suspected that he killed his friends, laughing off the zombie explanation. Is this Werner Herzog? I hope it is. It would be an interesting slant. And so this, this, this Colonel Herzog fella, is he the bad guy? He's a he's a Nazi zombie captain. Yeah. So make up your own mind. <laughs> yeah, he might not be innately right. evil. I was I was on board with the Nazi. I was on board with the zombie. I've never seen a zombie drive, and I think that would break it for me. <laughs> break the illusion. <laughs> right. Nazis the, could the drive. Sentence. They had cars Zombies in the Second can't. World War. Zombies can't drive. I, no, he. It wasn't him that was driving. It was the guy escaping, and he was like clinging onto the car, as I ah. remember. All right, Chris, I, I, Chris I just it. you just said the sentence. I'm on board with the Nazis. <laughs> so so that's something I'm going to be playing at your, your wedding someday. Uh, if we're looking for a one-sentence out-of-context end to the episode. <laughs> I'm on board with the Nazis. I think that's the episode title, sorted. Okay. <laughs> on board with the Nazis. Um, he is placed under arrest when the police suspect that he killed his friends, laughing off the zombie explanation. The arm he sawed off to halt a bite infection has been replaced, but he discovers it's Herzog's undead limb mm. that's been reattached as his missing appendage. Shit. It was a terrible idea, terribly executed. Um, was this what your amputee song was about? <laughs> Maybe. I can't, I can't remember enough about it, mm. um, but possibly. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Um, he then escapes from the hospital after his zombified arm kills a kid. Oh, shit. <laughs> Martin soon realises that Herzog is coming back for revenge. The gruesome Nazi zombies are back to finish some 70-year-old business, completing Hitler's orders to wipe out an entire town in retaliation for Norwegian anti-Axis sabotage. However, Martin is not willing to die yet. En route, he gains... Ve- variably competent allies in Glenn, a gay staffer at a local World War II museum which was the worst stereotypical offensive character going, Mm -hmm. um, and the self-styled zombie squad, a trio of nerdy American siblings who've been waiting and preparing for the zombie invasion that popular media has taught them will surely come. Things improve a bit once Martin, whose zombie arm suddenly arbitrarily starts helping the good guys, manages to revive a troop of Russian prisoner of wars executed by the Nazis in the final battle against Colonel Herzog and his Nazi zombie battalion. In the post-credits scene, the scientist is seen holding the head of Colonel Herzog. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, I've probably done the spoiler alert the wrong way round there, haven't I? (laughs) I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I quite like that, to be honest. Let's just do that in every episode. Um, in World War Two, when all that spoiler alert for World War Two. Yep. And when all that shit was happening, there were people out there, you know, fighting and doing all that. Did they think 2013 there's going to be a film about this? For all them, they're going to be they're going to be zombies. Yeah, you never get a film that focuses on like the allies turning up from the dead. 
well, the, or that's living the, on the moon. This is where this is where it's going. This is they bring <clears> back <throat> the Russians to fight them off. Oh right, oh, I, I, I didn't that's listen the, to that bit. No, that's was... what the that's what the red versus dead thing is. They okay, raise up the communist right. Russians to be to be good zombies. I stopped watching gonna, before I'm that off, happened. I'm, they can't have good zombies. I'm sorry, this film is just totally unrealistic. My... Good guy <laughs> Russians. I don't think so. <laughs> My believability. It's, it's taking me away from it. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. It, the whole thing was too much for me. Mm. Um, Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, had its world premiere at the 2014 Sundance Film Festival before being released in its home country of Norway on the 12th of February. It doesn't seem like a very Sundance sort of thing. Doesn't Sundance show quite a lot of just random stuff, though? Uh, yeah, I think everybody, everybody to wants yeah. to have their film associated with Sundance now, and, and they, they, put a lot they of just crap. pay. They to do, do, but there's certainly a, like an archetypal Sundance sort of film. Well, I, do, I think that the following, it. the following for the first film was quite underground and nerdy, and it definitely had that indie appeal to it. The second one loses all of that and just squanders it away. Um, Red vs. Dead received generally positive reviews, earning an 87% rating from Rotten Tomatoes, which is bollocks, based on 23 reviews for an average of 7 out of 10. On Metacritic, this film has a score of 57 out of 100, based on 9 critics, signifying mixed or average reviews. Can we just mention something about Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes and stuff? I hate them. Mm-hmm. I hate those sort of websites. Because Same it's based on it's on an aggregate thing, aggregate thing, isn't it? So everybody gets to make a a review, and it all gets put together, and then yeah. that gets its own score based on that. Yeah. But it doesn't count for the people that they just do it for hundred percent, zero percent, which is the majority of what people on there will be doing. Yeah. Um, well, it's the only sensible thing to do if you want your vote to count for anything. You have to go go all or go none. But it otherwise, counts, it's not it doesn't count in a in a a very good way for any industry because I know a lot of. Um, games and films and TV and stuff they can't make sequels for things that have bad Metacritic reviews because they cost too much to make and it looks like the public doesn't like it when actually the public might think it's good enough for a sequel but so many people decided that it was 0% I think the, the Rotten Tomatoes is... thing I have a big problem with because it's it's simply it gets counted as either a positive review or a negative review hmm. and that's it so you could have a film that's like just slightly on the positive side every single review could be it's pretty average but you know it's okay and if every single review said that it would get 100% on Rotten Tomatoes which is just stupid so mm. no what what we're describing here is the problem with democracy mm. um, so pretty much we're, we're becoming quite a monarchist podcast I think over the course of today oh, no. um, we just need <laughs> you know someone trustworthy to, to rate and decide. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> oh, there we are. Yeah. Good. Uh, Did we just agree to be involved in this? Yeah, oh. it's happening. <laughs> it's happening, King Jack. That sounds awful. Oh, that would be so good, wouldn't it? No, it would be a nightmare. A oh, nightmare future. On. Can you imagine the King's speech with a smooth voice like this? <laughs> <laughs> this is never going to go away, is it? Nope. Uh, look, let's... Until I stop getting love mail through the post. Got one tweet. I've, got, I've had a few tweets. Until that stops, I'm, I am going to keep going on about it. I'm, look, if the public love me and they love my voice, what can I do? Based on one review. A, a few reviews. I've got 100% of Rotten Tomatoes for my voice. Who else has said? Owen, Owen's wife. Owen from the Fail Critics podcast. Yeah, one. His wife. 
And now Brooker from the Fail Critics podcast, his <laughs> wife, has <laughs> all the wives. They love it. They can't yeah. get enough. I'm going to get my girlfriend to send you a message. Yeah, please do. Yeah. She said the other day yeah. that she thought that I was very charming. Yeah, she told me she thought you sounded like a gravel fuel <laughs> necrophile. <laughs> <laughs> you can be that and smooth at the same time. <laughs> And there we have it for another week. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I've been Jack, joined by my pals Chris and Phil. And uh, we'll be back next week for some more wiki shuffling. In the meantime, you can find us at wikishuffle.co.uk. You can find our daily tweets at wikishufflepod on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just, you know, do a search. Stop being lazy. And you can email us at podcast at wikishuffle.co.uk. And if you want us to love you more, you can leave us a review on iTunes. That is important, actually. I keep forgetting to mention this. We, we, we're not very good at that sort of mm. important stuff, are we? The yeah, stuff that all get us heard that by other makes people. A difference. Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. we want more people. To, we've already got a very lovely, lovely group of people that listen to us. But we, hmm. We'd rather they were just like the quiet masses. And then we would rather just have the masses. Not like the... So you're saying that our li- current listenership is not good enough? <laughs> yeah? Yes. Okay. Well, that's yeah, that, that's the subtext of what we were saying all along. Basically, yeah. yeah, yeah. We tell like your you friends, guys, but we want more. Tell your friends, but be selective about it. Yeah, only tell your cool friends, because we're cool guys. Yes, we are. Yeah. Um, only cool guys sit in hot rooms with other guys talking yeah. about the internet. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, that's it for another week. Join us again next Tuesday, and have a good week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 